Today's reading is from the book of Matthew, chapter 25, verses 1 through 13. Then the kingdom of heaven will be like this. Ten bridesmaids took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. When the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them, but the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, all of them became drowsy and slept. But at midnight, there was a shout. Look here is the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all those bridesmaids got up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish said to the wise, give us some of your oil for our lamps are going out. But the wise replied, no, there will not be enough for you and for us. You had better go to the dealers and buy some of your, some yourself. And while they went to buy it, the bridegroom came and those who were ready went with him into the wedding banquet and the door was shut. Later, the other bridesmaids came also saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he replied, truly I tell you, I do not know you. Keep awake, therefore for you know neither the day nor the hour. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Allison. And let's pray. We're grateful, holy God, for the gift of your unwavering love and for the blessing it is to gather this morning in your house and in your name. We pray, God, in these continued moments of worship that we'll again hear your word of truth and love and grace in a way that we each need to. And to that end, O oh God, may these words I'm about to speak point to your word just read and to your word made flesh in Jesus the Christ. For it is in his precious name that we pray. Amen. For three years, between graduating from college and enrolling in seminary, I served as a Bernard's Township police officer. It's an experience I'll always be grateful for. And during each shift that I would work, the largest part of the job was waiting, waiting for an emergency call to respond to. Like the time I responded to a woman giving birth and the baby had already started to arrive before I got there. The time I responded to a call at two in the morning of a person living alone who thought someone was trying to break into their house. I think of the early Easter morning where a person had stopped breathing and I had to administer CPR. Or the many domestic dispute cases, the calls that are the most dangerous for the police to respond to. To be sure, a police officer's job in our town or in any community is to also patrol, to take initiative, to actively seek those who need your help, 
who might be breaking the law. But often, it's about waiting. Waiting for the most important shift, the most important moment of the shift to arrive. And when that moment comes, to be alert and fully awake and ready. Working a midnight shift during those winter nights when the darkness was long and especially between midnight and 4 a.m. when it felt like everyone in the world was asleep and warm in their beds at home except you and those you were working with was a particularly tough time to stay awake. The body wants to go to sleep in conditions like that. But that we might be ready, that we might be alert when that moment came. It's what we were trained and entrusted to do. Now this morning scripture that Allison read is a fascinating story, a parable where Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is like 10 bridesmaids who take their lamps and go to meet the bridegroom. Five are foolish, he says, five are wise. The five foolish ones bring no extra oil to keep their lamps burning. The five wise ones bring extra flasks of oil so their lamps will not burn out. And the bridegroom is delayed. He does not show up when they think he will. And they all fall asleep, all ten of them. And when he finally does arrive, they adjust the flame in their lamps. Those described as the foolish bridesmaids discover they are almost out of oil. Their light will soon flicker out. The wise bridesmaids who packed extra oil decline, sharing theirs with the others. And so the foolish bridesmaids dash off to an open-all-night Home Depot <laughs> to get some oil. And in so doing, they miss the arrival of the bridegroom. And they miss getting in the door for the banquet. And the parable ends with Jesus saying the startling words, Keep awake, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. And that would have been a delightful, feel-good parable if the wise bridesmaids had shared their oil, right? <laughs> Put that under the category of how I would have told the story if I'd been Jesus. That would have been an easy sermon to preach. But we learn it's not a parable about oil sharing. It would have been lovely if the bridegroom flung open the door when those latecomers arrived and with open arms embraced those who failed to bring extra oil for their lamps. But it's not a parable on the unending mercy and love of God, though to be sure God's mercy and love are unending. It's a story about the importance of being prepared and staying ready and of how we wait. The importance of how we live our lives as we await the second coming of Jesus, something we don't talk about every Sunday. You see, we live in a liminal season and in between time. Jesus came to preach good news, to bring healing and hope, to redeem our lives through his suffering and sacrifice. Yet the fullness of God's kingdom 
has not yet arrived. The pain and suffering and divisiveness of our world make that clear. We are promised that it will arrive. Christ will come again in power and glory to usher in the fullness of his kingdom and all on earth will be as it is in heaven. But regarding the day and the time, only God in heaven knows. And it's a story about how we respond when the timetable life brings us is different than the one we would have preferred. An essential surgery or doctor appointment is unexpectedly delayed. A friendship or a marriage or a pregnancy you ache for does not materialize in the timing that you anticipate and that you hope for. A prayer is offered unto God again and again and God does not answer that prayer in the manner that you hope God will. In moments such as those, how do you wait? Not passively, but actively. How do you stay awake and alert and ready? How do you remain faithful when the timetable life brings us is different than the timetable we would have preferred? In her book entitled, It's Not Your Turn, Annie Downs tells how her counselor once gave her some unexpected advice. Almost out of the blue, she said, you should start waiting in the longest line you can find. At the grocery store, getting her car's emissions checked, ordering dinner last in her group of friends, she writes, I hadn't even been talking about patience or anything. I'd been talking about my life in general, but she wanted me to wait more. I do not want to wait more. I want to wait less. I look around my life and there seem to be lots of places where I see others who get to go first and I have to wait my turn. It's frustrating. She went on to write, my counselor wanted me to practice waiting regarding what I could control since I'm getting ample practice in waiting in ways I can't control. So even when I'm running short on time, I pick a parking spot a little further away. And even when I'm exhausted after work, I pick the longest line at the grocery store, the one behind that woman with the coupons and more tiny things in her basket that one would have thought possible. I was in ShopRite yesterday afternoon and inspired by her story, I decided to pick the longest line. <laughs> it was, for me, the most uncomfortable and distressing <laughs> 10 minutes of the week. And that was before one of the people, about three people ahead of me, decided to pay in cash. I thought, cash, she's paying in cash. I know there's a spiritual lesson there. I need to still learn it. I read the story of a person who was given a lengthy prison sentence for being convicted of fraud and a list of other crimes. He fell into a dark depression. To him, it appeared his life would never have purpose or joy ever again. He viewed it as a painful and difficult and empty span of years ahead that would be about nothing but waiting for his day of release. 
And a few months into his term, a young chaplain was visiting with him. And after talking for quite some time, the chaplain said, my prayer for you is that this waiting time will not be wasted time. And it was for that man a transformative moment. My prayer for you is that this waiting time will not be wasted time. In the parable, those who were foolish were not prepared for the long haul. They were only ready for the evening. It begs the question, are we in it for the long haul? Are we willing to wait and to remain faithful, knowing that the wait may be long? Reminds me of the work of cathedral building over the centuries. Cathedral building that would sometimes, in some settings, take generations. As the land would be found, the plans drawn, stone cutters and masons hired, the, the funds set aside, and the inevitable setbacks and delays. How different from the world we live in where we complain if the Netflix movie we are waiting to watch takes five seconds more than we want it to, to download. What I wonder is, in our work, in our ministry together, in our lives, are we engaged in cathedral building? Are we in it for the long haul, or do we instead seek instant gratification? Is it difficult for us to stay awake and patient and attentive for anything more than that? I think of the story of Noah and the great flood told in Genesis, other than for Noah, the day and time of the flood was unknown, and how long until the waters would subside, no one knew. I think of the story in Matthew's gospel that immediately follows this morning's passage, the story of a master who puts his household under the care of his servants. Half the servants are faithful and attentive and hardworking in the manner in which they manage what's been entrusted to them by the master. The other half spend their time playing video games and getting drunk. None of them have any idea when the master will return. And Jesus says, blessed is that servant who the master will find at work when he arrives. And so friends, on this fourth Sunday in Lent 2023, as we anticipate our celebration of Holy Week and Easter, as we continue to strive to deepen and make more authentic our relationship with God, what might it look like for us to be at work when our master arrives? To keep our lamps trimmed and burning, filled with oil. What might it look like as we wait to be ready, to be ready? The theologian John Buchanan helps us with that answer when he says, Jesus Christ comes when Christian people live in hope and never give up. Jesus Christ comes when faithful disciples express love and compassion and work 
for justice. Jesus Christ comes when critically ill people know they are ultimately safe in God's love. Heaven breaks into earth when faithful women and men live in hope and give themselves to the work of the kingdom. And so, friends, as you and I wait, not sleepy or asleep, not groggy or distracted or majoring in the minor, but alert and prepared and ready. Let us live in hope and never give up, regardless of the battle, the obstacle, the uphill climb that we face. Let us love our neighbor. Let us embody compassion for those who are hurting. Let us work for justice for all people. If we are ill in body or in mind or in spirit, let us know that we are surrounded and supported by God's love and care and that God will never abandon us. And let us give ourselves all that we are to the work of the building of God's kingdom. For in so doing, heaven will break forth into earth. The goodness and the glory of God will be seen and heard and no. For greatness in the kingdom of God is to know that Christ will come again to usher in the fullness of his kingdom. It's to know that God's timing is often, is often different than the timing we would prefer and that we are called to wait. And that while we wait, to be alert and prepared and ready, to trust and to believe, and to be among those engaged in the work of building God's kingdom here on earth. Whoever we are, in whatever season of life we may be in.